0: Like I get, I, I get I like I don't know, mega ultra Mormons or like like ultra orthodox Jews or the Amish or something. I get that. Even now, the Amish, the Amish aren't totally without technology now though. What? What happened? Who well, because them? they have to like file their taxes and get the forms from somewhere. We're making
1: the Amish file
0: taxes. Mm-hmm. You had me at... Hell no! Hello and welcome to You Had Me At Hell No! I'm Mel. And welcome to our podcast where we watch all movies that have to do with romance. And we try to figure out why we love a genre that
1: hates us. Mm -hmm. Erotic thrillers, dramas, rom-coms. If romance is central to the plot, we are watching it, baby. Oh, yeah. And
0: it's funny because romance isn't really our thing. Um, But we do have a very special episode today because we are joined... Not only by our very, very good, dear personal friend and effervescent red-haired princess actor, queer lady, it's also yes. our first episode with a guest. We're joined by Lucille Petty.
1: Woo! Hi! Yeah. She's an actress. See She's a singer. She's an artist. She's queer. Um... We went to drama camp together. Oh, I um, was going to say the holy tetrafecta,
0: but you kept going. Tetrafecta? Trifecta's three, tetra's four.
1: Tetrafecta. It's Greek, idiot. <laughs> Tet, te, te, tetrafect yourself, bro. Um. <laughs> anyway, um, Lucille, how are you? I'm doing great. I got to watch
2: one of my favorite movies today.
1: Exciting. Yes. Uh, Listeners, today we are talking about the wonderful movie Carol. Carol? Uh, it, that <laughs> is so the opposite tone of what this movie is. It really is. is. It, it's the exact opposite. <laughs> it's the exact opposite. I. Oof. Oh, I will say before we get into this movie, there's someone else who isn't as well versed in movies.
0: The dad, the myth, the legend.
1: Tiffer Hill. It's time for Tiffer's pop culture osmosis. Boop, boop. Hey Allie. Hey Mel. Hey Lucille. Welcome on the pod. Um, so I haven't seen Carol, but I definitely remember seeing trailers for it. So I know it's some kind of historical lesbian drama set like mid-century or something. Um, but the main thing that I remember about the trailer is that it had like really ominous tones, like seemed very foreboding um but i don't know maybe that's just because Kate blanchett is so naturally intimidating um i hope it's good though let me know thanks tiff uh i i just spilled martini on myself
2: <laughs> again <laughs> look yes i went into this uh session with you guys today i mm-hmm. i've got like three quarters of a martini down because it's relevant to this mm-hmm. movie um mm-hmm. Which I'm happy about, but I have spilled it twice.
0: No. It's okay. Honestly, listeners, to give you some context, it's my fault. I've at work today, I because I work at um, a very large coffee chain that's named mm-hmm. after a mythical character from Moby Dick. And I've been dropping shit all day. You know that episode of SpongeBob where Patrick convinces SpongeBob that he's ugly and then Patrick catches the ugly? Mm hmm this what's happening. i caught with the Giselle ugly her, yeah is what you're with saying martinis you caught the ugly from me and i'm so. look i'm sorry. ugly and
1: i'm proud i'm <laughs> ugly and i'm proud i'm i'm hot like i'm really good looking <laughs> not
0: to be a bitch but like are you gonna build the ali tanzillo center for kids who can't read good and want to learn to do other stuff good too
1: mm-hmm. what is this the real center should be at least. Three times bigger than this. <laughs> <laughs> that joke holds um, up. Uh but yes. we're
0: we're not talking about Zoolander or SpongeBob. We're as mm-hmm. Ali said, we're talking about Carol. And for this episode, we let Lucille pick. And mm-hmm. it's
1: one of your favorite movies. mm mm-hmm. so- And, and Tiffa's yeah, and Tiff is right. It is a movie with Kate Blanchett and Rudy Mara, and he's a A, a, a lot of the trailers are were like a threatening tone it's like uh uh-oh ominous tone to it but but it's not ominous it's just that kate blanchett is intimidating and has those cheekbones and could murder me yeah
0: i honestly i'll say i i did think this film was a little ominous but i'd also never seen it before so i was pleasantly surprised because the whole film i was like okay which one of them is gonna die? What more? What bad stuff is gonna happen to these ladies who are clearly in love with each other? What's gonna happen? And I was so happy that, uh, spoilers. I was so happy that it was okay. And yeah, I'm actually out.
2: excited to unpack that um, that assumption later because I do have yeah. some just like historical background that I want to go over both in <clears throat> in cinema and in uh, literature. So. I'm excited Fuck to get here. yes. I'm just going to give a nice quick f- flip of these uh, notes to this microphone real quick. This is all of yes. my notes for today. Oh my God. Hell it's hefty. Yeah.
0: Oh, the my Virgo God. in me is shaking with joy. It took me three oh. hours to watch
2: this two hour film. <laughs> Holy shit. I love it. So before we get into it, I did want to say Please. that... Um, I currently live in Los Angeles. I uh, do work in the movie industry and I um, I love media. So I'm really excited to be on this podcast because like whether it's a movie, a TV show or a piece of music, like my default is to find the good in uh, everything that I intake with with room for criticism. But mostly I'm just excited about media. I love it.
1: Hell yeah, you're on the right podcast, baby. Hell yeah. Um, all right, so this movie uh came out in 2015, directed by Todd Haynes. Uh, Todd Haynes also did Velvet Goldmine, Far From Heaven, Ugh, Safe. Uh, I'm it's Not There. Way. Uh, kind of just like a queer director hero. Um, he is gay as well. Mostly he, dis- he gay? He gay. Yes. He his his first like real film that kind of like brought him a lot of attention was called Superstar and it's the Karen Karen Carpenter story and it's a short that you like cannot find anywhere because the Carpenter estate was like hey, uh, we don't like this we don't want this because it's like a short filmed entirely with Barbies uh, about (laughs) her life incredible, incredible and uh, yeah anyway, but he's uh, it was just, it sucked he's very good at his job I I really loved this movie. It was one of those where I'm watching it, where I'm like, oh, you know, when you watch a very good movie and you haven't watched like a great movie in a while,
0: yeah, that's and how I it's felt like, too. Oh,
1: like oh, the cinematography matters. The dialogue is good. This is so effective at conveying the feeling. Like all of it. it's a combination of so many different things, both the performance and like the cinematography and the direction and then the Letting, everything is coming to editing. It's all coming together, but in a way where it's like, oh, I know and can feel exactly how Rooney Meyer's character is feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, can yeah.
2: I mention as well that the Please. the screenplay was written by dun, 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 Phyllis Nagy? I don't know if that's how Ooh. you pronounce their name, but... She's mm-hmm. an out lesbian, and the movie was based on the price of salt, uh, which mm-hmm. was a book that came out in nineteen fifty two written by Patricia mm-hmm. Highsmith, but it was written under a pen name of Claire Morgan uh because yeah. gay literature at the time was was such that n- because of um the Comstock act uh you couldn't depict. Gay characters as having a happy ending. Mm-hmm. So that's a spoiler it, it was for the movie. Ali- yeah, it was, it was illegal. illegal to be gay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. It was illegal to be gay, but it was also specifically illegal to depict gay romance in uh, literature and media. So that's often why we have what what is still known as your kill your gays trope, which is one character mm-hmm. in the relationship dying. Or um, one character going into conversion therapy. And this was Ugh. one of the first published works that had a happy ending.
0: And that's, okay, that's why I, I was it. so happy, though. because And I'm yeah. glad that you shared some light on that, too. Because the whole film, I was basically waiting for the other shoe to drop, mm-hmm. waiting for it to happen, waiting for something bad to happen. Because I knew it was based on a book from that time and honestly, just this, this is my first time seeing this movie. Mm-hmm. I, is it the type of movie that I would watch if you hadn't suggested it? Probably not, but not, but just because it's like a romance and it was a good romance and that's just not what I like to watch. So it's so, so, good. It's it's so, so good. good. This Ali, movie is ta- so fucking good. You are talking about good. how the you really felt what Rooney Morrow is feeling. This whole, like mm. it reminded me of Bound in a lot of ways especially with what we've described before as the female gaze and the female gaze hey um but it was like we're we're seeing things that are on these people's bodies but it's not necessarily objectifying them in the ways that you would see with the male gaze per se right Mm -hmm. we're seeing people's like the sides of their faces, we're seeing their hands. We're seeing them from someone else's point of view, as if we're Rooney Mara sitting in the car with Kate Blanchett. And like I was very, oh, God, leave it to you to make me watch a movie that made me feel things. I was very <laughs> moved by this film.
2: <laughs> you know, uh, Todd Haynes before, I was, yeah. Todd Haynes, before um, going into production for this movie actually researched a lot of the female photographers of the era and That's specifically um, pulled a lot of both inspiration from those photographers because Teresa is a photographer, but also so that he could see how women viewed other women at the time, as well as the price of salt is primarily from Teresa's point of view. So there's a lot to work from there as well when it comes to like, what was important to that character in those moments. Mm-hmm.
1: Also, Patricia Highsmith, who wrote Press of Salt, was gay. She's a oh, yeah, gay woman. Yeah,
2: absolutely. This is like a semi also, also autobiographical story.
1: And also, her other, like, probably her best, uh, besides this, but like her most well known character, she wrote a series of like, psychological thrillers about Tom Ripley. Like, Talented Mr. Ripley is her shit. Oh, um, And that's I didn't also, put that together. frankly, a queer character. Um, But that one is less like where this one is a little more happy ending. And it's like something nice happens to these two women. Telling Mr. Ripley is like this queer man is a sociopath. Oh, God. (laughs) And is a murderer. Um, I mean, spoiler for and Mr. Mr. Ripley. I do also enjoy that movie.
0: Yeah. Oh, can I say another thing that I enjoyed about this movie? Yeah. Okay. Allie, I think you and I have talked about this a couple times on the pod. and Lucille and I feel like we've talked about this just like in our friendship in in life not recording but I liked that this movie was about it wasn't necessarily about the coming out or like realizing your sexuality or finding yourself in that way and it wasn't about that as a trauma or an obstacle to be overcome it was just about two people two women falling in love with each other in a world that said that they couldn't basically and a world that used that against them whereas like loving someone should be some a source of strength and like a positive thing about you and i
1: think it is in this movie like remes yeah, is. is like after her relationship with Carol, when they see each other again towards the end of the movie, Carol's like, it's like you've blossomed. She's more confident in herself. She's more confident in her art. She's more confident in who she is in the world, Who she, what she wants, who she wants to spend her time with. And I appreciate that, too, because a lot of times, um, like you said, it's like a coming out story. It's like some being gay is an obstacle you have to overcome instead of like a realization like, if it has to be about, but not quite coming out, but, like, about the sort of discovering intersexuality, it should be something more positive. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just, like, I'm your dad and I'm letting you know it's okay. It's yeah, like, I mean, okay. often in
2: queer media, the mm-hmm. the main plot device is somebody coming out. And I do see what you're saying, yeah. Mel, that that's, that's not the center... Of this story. The center is just the romance. It's not like, oh, we have to go through every single part of why this is so hard. It's just like mm-hmm. yeah. navigated. That's pretty much it. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. and not yeah. that coming out isn't a story that deserves to be told, but I like at least for me as a third-party viewer, right, in film, in mainstream film especially, it's not only in my opinion played out as a trope or a plot device of... Oh, coming out but also it's not the only it's not it's not where a person's story stops right because when we see those films that's where it stops and with a lot of with a lot of Mm -hmm. romance movies too and i think this one may not necessarily be an exception to that is like once the grand romantic gesture what have you Or the two lovers getting back together or whatever, you know, cliche we're going to fall into. That's where the story stops. And I feel like, I mean, the queer story doesn't stop with coming out. In fact, it begins with coming out. So I was I was honestly just so happy that nothing truly horrible happened to these women for being gay (laughs) because I'm so tired of seeing that over and over and over.
2: I've only watched this movie a few times. Um, The first time I watched this movie was when my fiancé, Bella, came over to my house when we both had boyfriends at the time, and I made her tacos for the first time. It was like the first time we'd hung out one-on-one at night, and she brought
1: this movie! A lot. You fucking gay homosexuals? Uh, truly? <laughs> that's that's pretty I, fucking gay. I texted her
2: today and was like, Fully, how dare you bring this to dinner with me? And there are a lot of parallels thought, in this movie to parallels in my relationship. And so there's, uh, there's a lot to work with. But I'll, I'll, I brought this up to say, like, I've watched it a bunch of times and this is the first time I watched it being like, oh, what are they saying? Like what are they actually mm. saying?
1: Yeah. Well, uh yeah. I love I'm happy. I am happy about the ending of that story though for you. Oh thank I you. Me too. Lunch. We're getting married in August. I'm excited Yay. about yeah. it.
0: I'm excited. Uh, I d- who's officiating?
1: Um some
0: <laughs> bitch. Yeah. Have you found Because I it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, you, I was Allie, actually considering <laughs> No, no, it's Allie, it's Allie. No, no, no. Um, so first things first, uh on screen is the Weinstein Company logo. Just want to, like, get yeah, it out there. Yeah. Not happy about it, but we can move past it. Well, yeah. It's yeah. just a real, if you're going to watch the movie and you've never watched it before, be prepared. Um, this was my first time. Yeah, And I was like, oh. Allie, yeah. wait, this was your first time watching?
1: Yeah. Oh, my
2: before. fucking God.
1: You Why do you think I lost that? my mind? Yeah, I, so it was me just being like, oh, this is gay. Because from the jump, it's oh so... Oh, my God. Yeah, i never seen it. It, it. From the jump, I was like, this movie is so, so queer. What and It's interesting reveal. that you say that thing you about, like, what are they really... You know movie about two women
0: in love with each other is queer? Please, go on.
1: How about you eat shit, Melanie? <laughs> 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 what I mean is, but it's because there are sometimes... There's something... Not just that it's about two women falling in love, but there's so much about... How the story is constructed, how it's shot, um, what people are saying that is also so inherently queer. Mm-hmm. And there's even that scene early on when they're at the movies. She's at the movies with like her boyfriend and his friends. And he, they have that one friend who's a writer. Mm-hmm. And he is like, I've seen this movie so many times. I'm taking notes comparing what they're saying versus how the characters actually feel. I literally wrote in my notes, I am doing that right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, and it's, but it's so, it's, it's just so good. It's like that she works in a a department store. This movie does such a good job of like really capturing the feeling of both the time period and also that kind of like, but I don't know what's the word I'm looking for. It's, but Something I like is like what's queer about Therese? There were lots of moments in this movie that I connected to of the feeling of like kind of discovering yourself or figuring yourself out as a queer person that aren't necessarily like it's not just oh Kate Blanchett looked at me and I had a heart attack which because is same. a universally universally Honestly, queer experience. It's same. Yeah. Whoever you are Kate Blanchett walks up to and she's like do you have this doll? You're like, I for sure. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Full panic. Full panic. But it's there's a lot about like the isolation mm-hmm. that Therese feels like when she takes photographs, and something she mentions is that she doesn't take a lot of pictures of people. She has trouble connecting to people. Um, she likes taking places of like places and like interactions, but part of something about that really connected to me because it's not like oh gay people are cut off it's when you're afraid to look at yourself you're afraid to look at other people because of what you're worried you might recognize within them mm-hmm. um and maybe i'm overanalyzing this or maybe i'm Look get the ready for an,
2: a complete overanalysis but,
1: yeah. of this movie yeah um, yes. but
2: i i i definitely see what you're saying and also have notes about this
1: <laughs> yeah and like the movie starts with that and like her like her boyfriend keeps talking to her about wanting to go on this trip to Europe. And she kind of is almost passively in this relationship. She likes him. She clearly Here's the thing. likes him. I don't
2: think she clearly but likes like, him. When I watched yeah, it this time. I, I agree
1: with Lucille. The,
2: the scene where she's in the movie theater projection room, he's like mm-hmm. pawing at her. He's like trying to distract mm-hmm. her. And he's like, nobody's watching the movie. And she's like, I'm trying to watch the movie. And yeah, most of the interactions she has with him in the movie are her being like, why is this man doing these things? Like, if, it, if it's her, that, him talking to his true. friends, if it's him trying to talk to her, mm-hmm. he, she's just like,
1: no. And that was also something I did love is that at one point, because he's like, I've asked you to marry me. I've I've done all this stuff. And what she says, she's like, I can't make myself be at this place that you want me to be. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't make myself love you, which was like, holy shit. But it is, yeah. Anyway, just I so like that she was right. so
0: upfront about mm-hmm. that, though, right? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. on the I, I I felt also like I didn't think Therese was very into him, whatever the fuck his name was, it doesn't matter. It's Richard. What's his name? Thank you,
1: Richard. Richard. Thank you. Um, Wait, guys, his name is literally Dick. <laughs> and. And there it is. Wow. Um, I'm sorry. But uh, Richard
2: so played by clearly... Jake, Jake Lacey, who is yeah. in yeah. The Office. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. He's also in a lot of stuff. I feel like he's in a lot of things as, like, your temporary boyfriend.
0: <laughs> he's got that vibe. Yeah. yeah. But but sorry, I Jake. also... Yeah, sorry, I didn't understand, which I think is... a. Re- Part of the basis of their relationship, I didn't understand their relationship because she's so clearly keeping him at arm's length, and he I just'm like, dude, like have some self respect, like well, go find someone who actually like wants to touch you,
1: yeah, well, that's the thing with this movie because that's how hard is with Carol, mm-hmm. yeah, they these women are being very clear with them about not feeling this way for them, about wanting other things. And these men are like, oh, this is just you not seeing that we're supposed to be together. Mm -hmm. This is something you need to get over or overcome. This is something I can convince you of. Yeah, which also like the trope
0: or the idea that like someone can be convinced out of being gay is, first of all, stupid and offensive. Mm -hmm. But second of all, it's such a... I'm just, I'm just kidding. Shall, shall, shall I expand as the token straight? No. Um, but like it's so gross and it feeds even deeper into this patriarchal idea that we see a lot in romance movies. A lot of a man facing some kind of rejection that he either can't or won't deal with mm-hmm. and that instead of dealing with the things in himself – That maybe caused that person to reject him or even just like, I don't know, having a little bit of introspection and self-awareness. The man just says, no, I need to work even harder to win your affection. Mm -hmm. I need to do a big romantic gesture. I need to convince you to love me. I need,
1: yeah or i need to like trap you into a relationship yeah um,
0: yeah well that's the next step yeah
1: yeah well anyway carol and Therese, teres works at the department store carol shows up it's around christmas time can i can i just carol backtrack so, a little bit please first things first
2: it. the the title carol in this movie is in a similar font is in similar size placement and opacity that a lot of the location titles in the very queer uh series Killing Eve um uses. Okay. So like often mm-hmm. when we enter a new location in Killing Eve, they'll be like Paris, mm-hmm. and it'll be in similar font to this, uh, laid over. <laughs> and I was like, I oh, sure. never caught the similarity and I'm like curious as to if it's an homage. Um mm-hmm. also that's okay. cool. The one of the first things I noticed mm-hmm. this watch is that it's shot on film. Um which makes a lot of sense as to why it feels like... It almost feels like the atmosphere is tangible in this movie for me. Mm -hmm. Like, it really feels like you're there. And I think a lot of that is due to it being shot on film.
1: It also helps with the way uh, it looks, because it it makes it even more believable. Like, oh, we're in 1950, Mm -hmm. what have you. Um, And so
2: this movie actually starts mm -hmm. uh, in a very tense moment between... Carol and Therese, um, they're yes. at a, mm-hmm. a a dinner together at, at a hotel, it mm-hmm. seems. This guy is like, oh, Therese. And he interrupts them. And you can just feel from like second one that something is going on. Um, yeah. The first moment I yelled while watching this movie today was when uh, this guy's like, "Hey, come to this party," and Carol's like, "Okay, yeah, y- you you go do your thing." And she says, um, "You two have a good time," and puts her hand
1: on oh. Therese's
2: shoulder, oh. and Therese looks down like at her hands, oh. and and she and she just puts it on for a second and then takes it off. But I literally have goosebumps talking about it right now. She just looks down at her hand, and then Carol leaves. It's. So tense. So we go from this moment, this really tense moment to watching Therese um, in a car, kind of like looking to see if she can see Carol on the street when she leaves. And then we get this little flashback. And then we're put from this flashback into the start of the film. So we we have this like quick flashback from the first time Carol Mm -hmm. and Therese see each other. And then... We are doing a time jump back to that time.
0: Yeah, yeah. I also it the, I mean it. It starts at the end, well, close to the yeah. end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when and when you finally get back to that point after you go on this journey, literal, literal, this literal journey with them, um, and then you get back to that moment where they're having that drink together, <laughs> mm-hmm. and. And then Carol tells Therese that she loves her, which is I think the first oh. time that she ever mm-hmm. says it in the whole
2: film. Mm-hmm. I truly started crying. And then <laughs> the,
0: yeah. and then this the motherfucker interrupts this beautiful moment. It's honestly I was, brilliant.
2: I because it you sense the tension yeah. at, at the very top of the film, and you're like, "Wow, this is pretty tense." And then to know that but, she had just said, "I love you," and then he goes, "Hey, hey, is that Therese?" I was just like, <sighs>
1: <sighs> "The the amount my of nerves. times, the amount of times I wrote down this movie fucking hurts." Mm. I just wrote down, "This movie hurts. This movie hurts." Um, okay, I have a question. I know we know all mm-hmm. know the answer, but like. Something I love. So Carol leaves her gloves on purpose. Correct. Because she is gay. And she <laughs> is sensing gay, that...
0: Listen, gay I wrote, people are I wrote, leaving
1: their gloves everywhere they go. It's just but, part but, of the gay experience. can Yeah. But something I loved is you watch it and I... I just kept writing this movie. So this is capital Q queer. But I just loved it because it, like um, Carol shows up when they first meet the department store where Mm -hmm. Therese is working. Therese works in the doll area. And she's like, I I was wondering if you have this doll for my daughter. And Therese is like, oh, that's this doll. We're out of stock, but we have other dolls. And Carol's asking a lot of, like, what dolls did you like when you were a kid? Mm -hmm. And, like, is asking questions about Therese. And then she says, what did you want when you were four? And Therese says, a train set. And I went, because she's gay. (laughs) Because she's gay.
2: Mm -hmm. Did you know that I was really into model trains
1: as a kid? Yeah, I did not oh, know that, but the clo- Is this movie you know just I-
0: everything about the gays, leaving their gloves everywhere, being into model trains?
1: I wasn't into model trains, but here's the thing, what I did want though was when I was about 4 or 5 um we would often like the boys would get the same the boys would all get the same gift from our grandparents and the girls would get the same gift from the grandparents? or like they were a lot of times boys would get the same gift um in the, if you were in the same age bracket and i noticed i was with my mom and my aunt when they were buying the boys these toy motorcycles and i wanted one so badly and i got one and there's a photo of me i don't know if i can find it but there's a photo of me on christmas day at the big family thing holding this motorcycle i am so happy i am i am beside myself I'm in a little yellow dress, my like little Buster brown haircut, and I'm just like, I actually had Teresa's haircut because that's the haircut we all had when in the 90s. Oh, you mean the haircut that
0: Lucille has right
1: now? Yeah. (laughs) 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 But uh, I was just like so happy to be holding this little motorcycle that went. You know, there's
2: actually something in. Right before they meet where Therese comes up and she turns on the train. Yeah. She's just sitting there watching it, observing. Mm -hmm. We get very early on in the film that she's an incredibly observant person, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, which I was actually talking to Bella about a few days ago, just being like something more queer to me than like gay sex is (laughs) like, I feel like. Because there is so much introspection involved in having and understanding your own identity mm-hmm. and your own queerness, that there's a lot of observance mm-hmm. that is illustrated very well in this film. We see, like, Teresa's point of view so often. She's looking at this train set. The, the moment she sees Carol, mm-hmm. Carol bumps the train set and turns it off. Mm-hmm. Which to me, as a as like a as I watched this go around, I was Mm -hmm. like, "Holy shit!" She has just like interrupted this routine, and interrupted this like Mm -hmm. very normal thing that Therese does every day, which is just of course what she does with her whole life.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Carol comes in, and like Carol immediately like they uh, Therese makes sure she gets the clubs. Carol calls her at the store. And is like, to thank you, I'd like to take you out to lunch. Like, do you have a lunch hour? The way They're both doing, like, kind of period voices.
0: Yeah, trans- um, the transatlantic accent.
1: A little ish. bit. And it's very kind of calm. And it's very... Cape Blanchett kind of talks like this the whole movie. <sighs> and they're like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay. Um, I, can I just say, food in the 50s, food in that time period, fucking disgusting. Carol orders... Cream spinach over a post poached egg. So just runny, gooey, gross shit, and then orders a martini with an olive. What kind of nasty, disgusting shit in my gay movie? I would eat On, that. At my gay lunch, hour? I would eat that. What does that say about me? At one point <laughs> I'm kidding.
2: Well <laughs> into the film, Carol says to Abby, who we'll get we'll get to in a minute. <gasps> I don't know how many more lunches I can do with tomato aspic. Aspic is essentially um, <laughs> savory foods suspended in gelatin, which is very popular in the 50s. <gasps> so you'll, you'll often see, like, fish and pineapple and oh, yeah. all all types of vegetables suspended in jello molds mm-hmm. in the shape of bunt cakes. Oh, God. Yeah. It's horrible.
1: That's what it was. Well, there was that thing of, like, someone put it out, like, the amount of, I guess, aspect like food, where it's like a full, like a food suspended in jello, just all that nasty food. Someone has, there's a theory that that is like after World War II, where women were like in factories and having to kind of take over at home where a lot of men were. And then the men came home and they were like, okay, you can't, we're not going to thank you for what you did. We're not going to respect you as someone who's a part of this uh, workforce. Go back to home cook our dinner you're not allowed to ha- have a bank account you're not allowed to do anything and someone's like our retaliation was like okay here's your dinner honey my god it's a friggin salad and jello mold so that funny. checks out gross i
2: subscribe mm-hmm. to that theory before she even leaves these gloves mm-hmm. that this movie is porn the, yeah. the
0: it is electric between them from the their the second their is, start talking is, insane. The movie is porn
2: because she's like, tell me about, you know, what toys you wanted as a kid. And then she's like, okay, I want to buy the train. She starts writing and her eyes look down and Therese is looking straight at Carol. And it's an exchange like that back and forth. And if I have to describe what it's like or what it was like at me, for me at least, falling in love with a woman was mm-hmm. that exchange of like. Looking at the person when they're not looking at you and then having that develop into looking at that person in public spaces around other people. Yes. And so this movie really spoke to me because I was in the midst of being like, oh, like, I am clearly focusing on this specific person. (laughs) And we're just looking at each other. And this movie is a lot of them just looking at each other, and me going like, "It's really hot in here." <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh yeah, I, it's a lot of me being like, "Oh shit!" And here's the thing: sometimes with that's a beautiful observation, Lucille, and I love yeah. that. And I'm loving, I'm loving how I'm, I'm loving the energy we have created in the studio today. Um, I feel gay in this <laughs> chilies tonight, um, but because uh, like some things, there's something about a lot of. Um, A lot of times when like a gay movie is made in particularly a movie about two women falling in love, where sometimes it feels like, oh, we're just going to stare at each other. And sometimes I don't always love that because something feels kind of off. Like I don't, somehow it always ends up being like, oh, and we're never, sometimes it just feels off. Sometimes it feels like it's a little bit more for, sometimes it feels less for a queer woman watching the movie than it feels for like. Not gay people being like, what do they do? They have to be careful because their husband is there. It feels a little bit like that sometimes in a way that is not as thrilling to me. um Also, if I have to watch another movie where like uh, we're lesbians, but our hair is in braids on top of our heads uh and we're wearing like old timey, like Lizzie Borden outfits, I don't want to see that. I'm tired of it. Come on. <laughs> Me so a, we won't be doing portrait of a lady on fire, and I'll probably watch it and cry. I don't. I'm. I probably you will. Hundred percent, <laughs> you watching will. watching it and cry, but I do. But I do love it. I will say this movie reminded me a little bit of, although they're very different and very different tones and very different stuff. But um, something we were talking about earlier about how this isn't about like the coming out being like, it's not about like being gay or queer as an obstacle. It's like something that kind of releases you or makes you feel closer to your true self into your power. In that aspect, it reminded me a little bit of uh, the film Benedetta. Anyway, uh, I don't know if we'll do that on How this did podcast. I know Ali Tanzillo would find
0: another way to talk about Benedetta? Literally, since you've seen that movie, I think you've talked about it in every episode. I'm not mad about it. I'm just trying to make a joke out of it. But like, so of, course, well,
1: of course, of so course, we're talking about it. Here's why. Because there's a line in Benedetta where... She says she is the universe she is the individual through which I feel the universal. Benedetta's oh. connection to Bartolomea and like the basically their queer love and specifically like queer sex is when she feels the most connected to God. It's when she feels the most like I I am a vessel for the Lord. Um hmm. and so it's a similar vibe to this, in that it's like, oh, being finding this aspect of myself is not like, something I need to, like, kill or push down. It's, like, something I want to run towards. Um, okay.
2: Yeah, I would say, That's like, the, this, like, you. Um, stolen glance business yeah. is is, like, really what made me realize I was falling in love mm-hmm. with Bella. Because I had not experienced that with men in the past. And, like, I mm-hmm. knew I was queer, but, like, I truly was, like, oh, oh, no that's what this is and then I watched this movie and was like are you GD kidding me (laughs) (laughs) outrageous behavior so she leaves the gloves behind Mm -hmm. clearly as like an effort to get Therese to get get them back to her in some way Mm -hmm. and then Therese's boyfriend is asleep in bed and Therese is up sitting at a table in the kitchen staring at the gloves Mm -hmm. sends them back to Carol in the mail
1: yeah
2: yeah. so hilarious to me so, very relatable so okay. <laughs> then we oh. meet um carol's husband harge mm-hmm. honestly Played by uh, Chandler. i Coach absolutely T. hated him well i know we're supposed to but i just
0: fucking hated that jabroni
2: almost immediately that you can tell that their marriage is strained yeah And then you find out they're divorced. Mm -hmm. And then you find out because he was like, oh, yeah, you've been spending a lot of time with Abby. Mm -hmm. Abby is Carol's childhood friend Mm -hmm. who clearly something happened with, but we don't quite know what yet. Mm -hmm. And Harge is just like, you're going to love me. Yeah. We're going to make this work. Any single time I can mention how much I don't like Abby, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Abby played
2: so by Sarah Paulson, by the way. Yeah. Oh, played by Sarah Paulson. So good.
1: <laughs> this movie this movie said gay rights. This movie said Oh you wanted gay? Also, but maybe I'll wait, but there's another there was a name I saw on the screen and I was mm-hmm. like, Oh, this movie is queer queer. Um mm-hmm. uh there's an a- actor that shows up later in the movie where I was like, oh, this movie is gay! Yeah,
2: they said gay rights. Yes. yes. They said gay rights, but they said our leads are going to be played by these two straight actors. Yeah. In an, what I feel like was an attempt to get people to go see the movie, Agreed. which I can't blame them for. Yeah. And given the amount of queer people in the filmmaking process... Yeah. ...start to finish... Yeah. ...I'm not mad about it.
1: Same. Same. Also, I, I... I <laughs> believed these performances because there was something Mm -hmm. all the things you're mentioning lucille about like the inherently kind of like queer expressions or like things that are happening i believe from these women it's not just like i'm looking at you from it's like a different vibe i don't know how to explain it but it's it's different It, it it felt i believed that these women Loved each other and also were sexually attracted to one another in a believable way,
2: okay, so basically, um Therese sends the gloves back. uh, we learn that Carol is getting divorced or is divorced um and then we see that Therese is checking if the train set got delivered, mm-hmm. which gives me the signal, okay, this person is actively thinking about Carol, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. and then. Carol calls Therese at work and is like, oh, so it was you who sent my gloves back. Do you want to get lunch with me?
0: I love which that. Is, I loved it.
2: Which is just a lunch, right? No. Wink. It is not just a lunch. No. Because at this lunch, Carol does a lot of neck tucking, touching. Yes. Right? I, I
1: noticed that too. I wrote down. She's touching it. because She what does you... a
2: lot of neck touching. Yeah. And then... Uh Therese is like, oh, your perfume, mm-hmm. it's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And then she's asking Therese date questions. She's yeah. saying like, um, okay, so do you live alone? Like I have a husband, do you live alone? And Therese is like, yes, but my boyfriend would like to live with me. And Carol says, oh, does, does it seem like he wants to marry you? And she was like, oh yeah. And then Therese is like, I think even Therese just says, like, he means to marry me. And Carol says, that means you'd like to marry him. And Therese says, I barely even know what to order for lunch. And 30 seconds before that, they sit down Mm -hmm. and Carol says an order. And then Therese just goes, I'll have the same exact thing. Yeah. 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 And so then for her to be like, I barely even know what to order for lunch, Mm -hmm. let alone if I want to marry my boyfriend, I'm just like, Check, please. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it, The sexual tension. Uh, At that point already, I was like, when are they going to fuck? I need it. When?
2: <laughs> and I, then she says, what do you do on Sundays? And
1: invites her to a second date. Yeah, she says, you're welcome to come to my house anytime. Ma'am? Fucking pardon? I was like, this is fucking gay homosexual. Uh
2: and, also, and, and, but, but it's all—it's
1: like, but it's all said. It's like you said, Lucille. It's all these are these are date questions. Yeah. They're clearly mm-hmm. into each other, but they're also all asked in a way where if someone were to just overhear, you wouldn't necessarily be like, "Oh, they're um, dating. They're on a date. They're asking questions." They're
2: also totally safe. Totally saying. Sound pal questions. To yeah. Ask. yeah. I'm,
1: oh, hey, well, I met a girl at the store and I'm being friendly. And what do you do mm-hmm. on Sundays? I have a husband, but we're you well, know, separating. also, the amount of cigarettes. Yeah, the amount of too cigarettes, many cigarettes. But also sharing cigarettes. The amount of times Carol shares a cigarette with someone. I'm like, this? It's so hot. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's I mean, it's, I don't smoke. I'm like, if Kate Planchet handed me a cigarette, puff, puff. All right. Yeah. One thing that I liked about this date too is like, the
0: double entendre of the fact that if it was just gal pals, they were safe questions, but because they're not gal mm-hmm. pals, because mm-hmm. they are both queer women operating in a space that's hostile to queer hostile to queer women, that mm-hmm. every question that they have is just f- so, it means so much more than what it is. So, that's no. why when their relationship progresses and they fall in love, that is so clearly a first date. So, if anyone watching this film had any doubt and didn't know that these people were fucking gay as hell, that when the <laughs> shoe finally drops, they're like, oh
2: yeah. <laughs>
1: I, I, yeah, I, like some of the, the
2: first dates that Bella and I went on were just getting breakfast at a diner before I would go to work. Yeah, We were dating, but we yeah. were not dating. Yeah. But we were dating. Yeah. Yeah. You're
1: getting I to know say, each other. Wait, Carol, isn't this that one that had that like famous Tumblr post about how someone went to see Carol? I hate that I remember this, but it's someone went to see Carol and there was an old couple, a man and a woman in the row in front of them. And like halfway through the movie, the wife leans over to the husband and goes, Harold, they're lesbians. <laughs> Oh,
2: my God. Wait, am a little late to the party on that one. That Which reminds I me
0: of when I saw Bad Times at the El Royale, and there was an old couple sitting in front of me, and the husband went, Look, honey, it's John Hamm. <laughs> oh,
2: my
1: God. Isn't that also the one where he, he was like, That's the girl from Fifty-Three Shades of whatever. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: That so be, we... We see this lunch come to an end. Uh, Carol says, What is your what a strange girl you are? Yeah,
1: dropped out, flung of, out space. of space,
2: flung out of space, amazing. And then she leaves and gets into the car with Sarah Paulson. And this is the first time we see Sarah Paulson. Mm-hmm. And Sarah Paulson says, You want to tell me about her? Oh, uh-huh.
0: and so the second, the second she gets in the car with Sarah Paulson is when you. You understand. Not only are do these two women have a very intimate friendship, but also they're kind of exes. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: and then we also find out that Sarah Paulson, Abby is, um, Kate Blanchett' daughter, her daughter's godmother, her daughter mm-hmm. Rindy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is what a, name. a very beautiful name. I've literally never heard that name before in my Neither life, and I. I've liked
2: it. I've also never heard the name Harge. Yeah. Neither have
0: I. But also because yeah. we, ha- cause I think we all hate him, I'm going to say Harge is a dumb name, only because I hate yeah. the character <sighs> that
1: it's attached to. His name is That's Harges Aired. What a what a hard name to say. Harges Aird? Let alone be married to. Hey, this is my husband, Harges Aird. That is some watched coach taylor shit. from friday night lights a, that is a, a show white I
0: anglo-saxon
1: protestant yeah. yeah a show i watched so, but, five episodes of and was like oh thank you i'm too i'm stressed out
2: <laughs> <laughs> so between this um between this lunch date and them getting together that sunday we see a scene where this mutual friend of Therese and her boyfriend (gasps) takes her to the New York Times publishing house and they have this great discussion Mm -hmm. about um what what you mentioned earlier Mm -hmm. Allie about like how she doesn't really take photos of people and he says well you you know you might not just have figured it out yet like Mm you might not be attracted to certain kinds of people and it's actually this really great moment until he like straight up kisses her and then she's like i gotta get out of here yeah Yeah.
0: my favorite Uh, though is he kissing her made me so mad sorry ali interrupted you
1: no it's okay i thought i would be more mad about it but i think why i was like because it was like oh boy this movie is full of men misreading the situation being like a woman had a conversation with me. Obviously, we are in love, and it's like, what do you no, mean? no, babe. <laughs> um, but he even says, "Do you mind?" And she says, "No," but then is really like, "I have to leave." Um, mm-hmm. And I think how I interpreted it is, it's like she's saying saying no, I didn't mind to be polite, but also later they like she's she spends time with him later in the movie, and I think it's because <laughs> of that conversation they had, Lucille, because like. He sees her more than her boyfriend sees her. He recognizes Uh there's a kinship with him that she does not feel with um, any other man in this movie. Um, So I think that's why she's like, I don't mind it, but it's also like, oh, that's not what this is. That's the mis... Yeah. That's not what this is. I felt Um, like she was
0: better friends with him than she was with Richard.
1: Oh, 100%. Yeah, for sure. And even while she was
0: dating Richard... Yeah. Um, which tells you a lot about that
1: relationship. Yeah, I should rephrase my thing from earlier. It's not that Jake Lacey is like temporary boyfriend. It's more like he's a guy you should be dating, but you are not dating, and you don't really want to date. Exactly. Him. Really? You, you
0: should I, be dating. I don't think he's a guy be where it's like him. I
1: should like him. It's, it's No, it's that's what it is. I should like him. There's nothing wrong with this boy. It's just that you do not feel it. I don't know. He said that he had
0: sex with two other women, and I'm not about that. A man who's had (laughs) sex before?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You want a clean boy? You want a man who's 47 years old? He's never fucked anyone. (laughs) He's a professor. He lives in the jungle. He has a machete. He's chopping down stuff in the jungle, and then he finds you. Basically, you want Indiana Jones, but Indiana Jones who has not had sex. No, no,
0: I was just, I, which is impossible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Indiana Jones. That's all he does. Fucks, okay, if anyone, that's all this, he does. If anyone in this universe fucks, it's Indiana Jones. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but I don't want. I don't want that.
1: Me neither. Anyway, so let's talk about those game movies more. <laughs>
2: so we, so we have another scene where we. Where we see the dynamic between Harge and Carol, and Harge is basically saying, like, look, we can still work this out. Mm -hmm. Come come to Christmas with me and the family. And Carol's like, no. No. In an earlier scene, she tells somebody that she's thinking she's just going to go for, like, a little trip by herself during Christmas time. And we basically cut out of that scene to... (laughs) To Therese getting in the car with Carol, like they're gonna go pick up a Christmas tree, mm-hmm. and then Carol's like "Howdy" to the boyfriend, <gasps> and then the boyfriend's like "Love you, Therese," and she just kind of like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, God. doesn't away. say oh, anything. The secondhand embarrassment she, oh, for this man. Oh, oh
0: and it's hard man. because,
2: like, having been in a position similar to that in my life, I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, I still uh, am committed to this partner, but I'm clearly not prioritizing them. Yeah. So, like, not wanting to, like, mm. not wanting to go hard in either direction, yeah. very relatable.
1: Mm. But, um, yeah.
2: And she I didn't even think at that point they had, like, picked up the Christmas tree or anything like that. No. I think this is just when Therese goes to her house. But...
0: Well, no, this is we, the we when they some, go to her house because... This, she, yeah, yeah, yeah. They pick up then the Christmas tree. she. Up. this is where she takes the photograph of Carol with the Christmas trees. And yes. it's yes. a beautiful photograph. And they go oh to Carol's it, house and they're hanging out, having a mm-hmm. good time. And then Hard shows up. And that's where mm-hmm. things get even more tense because he yeah. sees. Hard
2: shows up <sighs> after they have this beautiful moment at the piano. Oh, yeah. And she was like, um. She's playing piano. It's very sweet. And she tells her she's a photographer. And then she's like, oh, my friend tells me I should be more interested in humans. And Carol goes, how is that going? And the smirk on Rudy Mara's face when she says, well, actually.
1: Yeah. Oh. That one. Because she had just taken these
2: photos of Carol.
1: Yeah. Also, what I love is that Carol kind of notices that um, uh, Therese is taking a photo of her and she flips her hair. Mm-hmm. The amount of times mm-hmm. uh, Kate Blanchett just gently, like, flips this bouncing hair out of her face, I'm like, oh, you better work. You better work. Mm-hmm. Kate Blanchett could straight up kill me with a knife. No. And that's rude. Metaphorically. Metaphorically. <laughs> keep running I, with I, I love her. I want to see where you Sorry. go. Sorry. I this. recently no, watched Nightmare Alley. You guys? I watched the movie Ugh, Nightmare I'm, Alley.
2: I'm... Dying to see it. What is it's, that? It's a kind of a bummer. So Rooney Mara and Kate Blanchett and Lucy, Bradley, Bradley Cooper, Cooper. and Lucille
1: Bradley Cooper. Lucille. oh no. Go- no. Rooney and Car- especially after seeing this movie and watching Nightmare Alley, I was like, it's weird that Kate Blanchett and Rooney Mara have no scenes together because they're the two oh, most bummer. interesting people in this movie. And especially having watched this, it's like, what the fuck was Nightmare Alley doing? Because it's also the movie Nightmare Alley tries really hard to be like, Bradley Cooper is 22. I'm like, to when? Bradley like at one Cooper point, Tony... is easily
0: like 87 years old.
1: No, but Guys, Tony Collette at one point calls him, she says, you're a real handsome kid. She calls him kid a Toni lot. Tony Collette is same also age. in this movie? They are the same age. What am they I are doing? They are the same
0: age. With my time. It is a stacked cast.
1: It's a stacked cast, um, but it's a little boring, guys. It's a bummer. Oh, that's I was just I'll probably thinking. still watch it. Yeah, Because I love no, movies. Let me know. Anyway, sorry, keep going.
2: So we have this moment where Carol puts her hands on Therese's shoulders, and <sighs> I lose my goddamn mind. <sighs> <laughs> and it's, like, going very well. You get to see Carol, like, being a good mom before yes. all of this, too, which is really sweet. I also loved that's um, that that was really But also... Clear me too we get to see a, a little bit of this like maid or nanny that they have being like really weird about carol just yeah. like carol picks her daughter up to take her to bed at one point and the maid's like dogging her yeah and carol's like what
1: yeah the maid <laughs> and doesn't say anything but just look,
0: well it's the stereotype Rune-Mara that and... gay people can't be good parents which is a load of shit exactly
1: yeah, Rindy oh, loves to be her fair, mother. Rindy is always Rindy asking her and father. Therese yeah.
2: Do have the same exact haircut, mm. which is unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yike. Um and which we can we don't really have to unpack. No. I think the I think she just has a typical on little doing that. Haircut. Yeah. But I think also... the emphasis on that is mm. making making Carol out to be more of a monster in the eyes of these people around her. Like, if people are seeing her with Therese and then Therese kind of resembles this daughter, well, then, of course, she would be, like, an unfit mother to this specific daughter. Yes. You know what I mean?
0: Yes. Which also, brings up yes. another harmful stereotype against queer people.
1: Yeah. Which is that, that was queer also people a thing where they were...
0: are never successful in their interactions with children, which, again, harmful and ridiculous.
1: Yeah, there, were yeah. All, there was also stuff that it was, like, passed to the child. There's a lot of, like, conflating being gay with being a pedophile, which is not accurate. Not at all. And um, it's also, I will say, like, part of the reason Rooney Mara has that haircut, though, is to be like, look how naive she is. Look how young she is. Mm-hmm. The first time we see her, she's surrounded by baby dolls. So it really is just a, part of it is to denote, like, look how innocent, young, naive this person is. But then it is also what you pointed out Lucille but yeah anyway
2: so then we have Harge come home mm-hmm. and Carol's like you told me you were going to be gone tonight mm-hmm. and he like throws a fucking hissy fit when mm-hmm. he sees that Therese is there mm-hmm. and he like pretends like he's there to fix the sink even though I think that the the maid probably called him to be yeah. like come get in on this mm-hmm. and um. He comes to take their daughter. This is like a very fucking traumatic part of this movie. Ooh, yeah, really, really he comes really and he sees that Therese is there and he's like, you're not going to have the girl for Christmas. They have this like big argument. They put the girl in the car. The girl's like, why can't we all have Christmas together? And really beautifully, mm-hmm. Carol says, sometimes mommies and daddies decide that there isn't enough space for them to be in the same place at the same time which I think mm-hmm. is a, such a oh a heartbreaking sentiment but also a really good mm-hmm. way to explain that to a child yeah, yeah. um
1: mm-hmm.
2: and it it just takes everything in this this night from being like a very sweet intimate thing to now this woman's world is being turned upside down and her, her child is being taken from yeah. her house mm-hmm.
1: And what it's a great first, place
2: to end part one.
1: Yeah. Because up to that point, yeah, because yeah. up to that point, we've only seen Carol kind of in a place of power, confident. She's like, even her other interactions with Harge have been her being like, no, and mm-hmm. very confident and kind of in control. And she's and assertive is and her, also very,
0: yes. I think, she also exudes sexual energy too that mm-hmm. makes her the dominant one.
1: And this is the first time we see her not at all that like she's crushed she's powerless in this
0: situation with harge and it's heartbreaking
2: yeah and we see too like he's just so he's saying i love you and then he's acting very violently Mm
0: -hmm.
2: and he's grabbing her he's shoving
0: her he's not letting Uh her go it's messed up Mm
2: -hmm. yeah she she's like you're drunk and he's like i'm not drunk i love you and you're gonna be with me Yeah. And it's so upsetting.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: And also, like, another quick note, like, how upsetting to see your child in a car with your drunk, angry husband who then drives the car away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because this was in the 50s before there were really major laws against drinking and driving as well. FYI. And seatbelt mandates, by the way. Mm Seatbelt mandates didn't become a thing until the 60s. And I believe that was because of Ralph Nader, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. Fun fact. Yep. So this, I, that when I saw this, I was like, oh no, something bad's gonna happen. What's, and yeah. thankfully nothing yeah, happened.
2: it's rough. Yeah. The, the like, the way that this scene ends is basically hilariously hard. leaves carol goes to reach for a cigarette and then says just when you think you can't get any worse yeah. you're out of cigarettes which <laughs> yeah. is so funny yeah. and then Therese is like i'll go buy you more and she's like don't go buy me cigarettes like this isn't your fault yeah and she like drives Therese to the train station Therese gets on the train she sees a bunch of like happy couples and friends and she just starts like weeping on the train
0: yeah that got me <sighs> i was i i felt that one in my gut
2: Oof. it's this? so like no matter who you are, that is so relatable. Yeah, yeah.
0: like you've we've all had this pa- we've all been on a date that's not a date, but it's a date with someone. And mm-hmm. then something happens, however big or small, and you think that it's ruined and you go home and you're just beside yourself. I think every yeah. single person who's ever fallen in love with someone has felt that at one point or another. Mm-hmm. And on that cheery note, <laughs> you're welcome, everyone. Um, but this is uh, for the interest of time and also Tiffer's schedule. This is going to be. But also a... because we're
1: having a good fucking time, yeah. baby. Three
0: besties. in well, we're not in a room together so that what I was going to say doesn't work at all. Three besties on Zoom talking about a great movie. Um, I hated that voice. Why are you friends with me? That aside, this is a two-parter episode, so
2: thank you, so thank you for sticking. It's your first two-part, right? It yeah, is our, our first, first two-parter. two-parter.
0: It's our first yeah. guest. I'm honored.
1: It's this our is first a new two-
2: wave.
0: Wow. We are really this making moves. This is a moves. new wave
1: for the pod. This is a new wave for the pod, baby. Amazing. Uh, A-mazing. But
0: we're going to go ahead and cut it off here, and so... If you'd like to hear more about our riveting discussion of Carol in great detail with our dear friend Lucille Petty, who also, by mm-hmm. the way, uh, co-wrote the theme song for our podcast, um, yeah. you can tune in next week. We post new episodes every Friday slash Saturday. You can listen to us wherever
1: your major podcasts are heard on Spotify, Apple and Google. Yes. Uh, you can also find us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at Hell No Cast or our website HellNoCast.com where you can also listen to the pod. Um, yeah, we got fun memes, fun jokes, and we also update about what movies we're talking about. Um, so, yeah, hit us up there. Uh, Lucille, do you have anything you want to plug?
2: Sure. Um, I am on Instagram at Lucille Petty, mm-hmm. and I also have a, an illustration Instagram where I post comics and other works of digital art, and uh, you can find that at Lucille Petty Draws. Ooh. Very creative.
1: Yes. Oh, it is very creative.
0: Beautiful it is. It is. Definitely check out Lucille Petty Draws.
2: Oh,
1: thank you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, we will catch you next week for part two. But in the meantime, this has been You Had Me at Hell No. I've been Allie. And I've been Mel. And I continue to be Lucille. There it
0: is.
2: Yes. Yeah. Love you. Bye. Bye. You Had Me At Hell No
0: was recorded remotely in front of our pets Roscoe and Benny. Allie and I want to thank Tiffer Hill for editing our podcast, putting up with all our shenanigans, and making us sound amazing. We would also like to thank Bella Vanek and Lucille Petty for writing our theme song. Thanks, Bella and Lucille.